And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's our 80th episode, Matt. 80 episodes. We'll be at 100 very soon. We, I, it feels like we've said that every week for the last couple weeks, but it doesn't make it any less true that we are narrowing in on, uh, what is it, we're narrowing in on 100. And I think like, what, like two years now of this show? Maybe more. I've, I've completely lost track. I'll have to go back and I... see when the first one got put up. I think it's just over two years. Maybe it's less. I don't know. Maybe, because I'm trying to remember what time we started. It's just, it's, we're hitting milestones is the important thing. <laughs> yeah. The important thing is we've found milestones. We're hitting them. We're hitting the shit out of those milestones is what we're doing. <laughs> and uh, this week's episode, uh, you know, in honor of nothing is going to be a slightly different episode this week. There wasn't a hell of a lot of comics coming out. There wasn't a hell of a lot of comic news even this week. It was kind of a light week as we go into the Christmas holiday season. Yeah, and thank God as well for for us. It's like a good and bad thing. It's yeah. good because it gets, gives us time to catch up on stuff, and it's bad because we want new comics to review. Yes, I launched not one but two new series on the channel uh, this week. My Eye on Indie, where I took a look at two indie comics from two creators I like and know. And uh, I also did the story so far, where I go back and actually look at whole stories now that they're complete and everything, so I finally got to read Bats Out of Hell. Sounds good. It's pretty good, isn't it? It was alright. I mean, it kind of <coughs> sagged in the middle, but so did Gotham Resistance, mm -hmm. which it's very much its spiritual sibling in that regard. I was not expecting yeah. them to up Cyborg's power so much and make him so important. Yeah, he's kind of like the, the linchpin in all of this now. I think that's going to be the thing now going into Christopher Priest's uh, Cyborg run, or not Cyborg run, going into his Justice League run, Cyborg is going to be leading the team now, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, which is hilarious because this week, too, his book got cancelled officially. <laughs> and Semper, the guy who's been writing it and shepherding it from issue one, he's not even going to finish it. He's, he's done, he's out, and they've got Kevin Garreau to come in and finish. Oh, no. <laughs> Which, hey, don't get me wrong, love me some Kevin Garreau. For those of you who don't know who he is, he was the guy who provided the voice of uh, Black Beetle on Young Justice. He's an accomplished comic writer. He wrote Blue Marvel. And, oh, yeah, he's the big muscle-bound uh, black werewolf in the uh, first Underworld movie. <laughs> nice. So the man does a lot. He has a hell of a career, and he's going to be finishing the last two issues of Cyborg. I just thought that was so funny that it's like, yeah, let's give Cyborg this monster push right in time for the Justice League movie. Oh, his own book got canceled? Shit. <laughs> but he'll have a movie in 2020. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll be set not in the DCEU and probably will be animated. <laughs> but you'll get it. Actually, Bats Out of Hell was interesting too because they seek to imply at the end of that that Raven and Victor knew each other. Yeah, yeah, they seems to imply that maybe they've had a past, so he's probably been on the Teen Titans. Yeah, are they backhandedly <laughs> trying to retcon that back now to be like, no, 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 you see, Victor was a Teen Titan at one point, and then he graduated <laughs> to the Justice League, which, you know what, if that's the new canon, I'd be fine with that. At least say he was a Titan, even if he was a Titan for a minute, at least say he was a Titan. I'd be fine with that, except then I'd be wondering, like, well, why, like, what happened to the other team yeah. Members, did they just, like, not grow up? Are they all Peter Pan? <laughs> exactly. Well, or, or even more confusing, it's like, well, why of all the guys they chose to, uh, what is it, promote, why did they promote him? Yeah, exactly. Like, no offense to Cyborg, I mean, someone's got to work the computers and the boom tubes and everything and be a glorified driver and doorman, but it's like, you know, you got 
Starfire, who's already kind of old and has basically all the powers of Superman and can shoot laser blasts and is a pretty lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, even Raven there, it's like, she's got magic powers. You don't really have a magic member of the Justice League. Yeah, she'd be very important. <laughs> she'd be very damn useful, wouldn't she? <laughs> even Beast Boy's a funny guy. You always need a comedian around and he can turn into a bunch of animals. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not saying Cyborg isn't great, I'm just saying compared to other members of other teams he's been on, he always comes up short. Yep, yep. But you know what, we're not here to bag on Cyborg anymore. We actually have three big things we're going to hit this week on the show. It's going to be, you know, the, the, the holy trinity of topics. First up, we're going to talk about the Justice League Infinity War trailer. You knew that uh, had to happen. <laughs> Did Justice League Infinity War, is there something I don't know? Yes, Justice League Infinity War. You see, they fused the two universes <laughs> together now is what they've done. Sorry, Avengers Infinity War. I'm tired, everybody. It's been a long day. We record yeah, the Justice show. League wishes it was this. <laughs> it wishes it was the Infinity War. But man, hey, if Thanos gets that Infinity Gauntlet, he can do whatever he wants. He can fix other franchises. <laughs> he can cross other franchises over he can do whatever but yes we're gonna talk infinity war we're gonna give our thoughts on earth x which i think matt and i actually have a lot to say judging by our tweets and then we're gonna close out the show by talking about punisher because you know it's been a week now and i think everyone's finished it yeah so yeah i mean first things first infinity war matt i feel like i've already talked this one to death so i'll let you go first it's pretty, pretty awesome trailer. It was, a, it wasn't a teaser. It was a trailer. It was an actual, real deal, honest to god trailer, which is nice. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it was in an Infinity War trailer, but it was also sort of a celebration of the first ten years of Marvel with that that line from Nick Fury from the first Avengers oh, yeah. being said by all of the Avengers, or most of the Avengers, right down to reusing and remixing the original Avengers theme, which is something I didn't know I was nostalgic for until right now. It's a great theme. It's a great theme. It is. It grows on you. And again, it's funny that you know, like Infinity War is almost like their victory lap in many ways where it's like hey we got here so many other uh studios not even just superhero studios tried to launch their own shared universe and none of them made it but us and this is like the cherry on the cake this is the crowning moment it all oh, it really is and, it, and it's really well earned as well they they didn't rush to this is 10 years or just over 10 years i think yeah there's a sense of weight and gravitas and a sort of like yep we made it this far and uh, it's, yeah. it's interesting, you know, the trailer already shows us, you know, some of the pairings we're going to be getting there. You know, you got the Captain America crew who are still in Wakanda. Yeah, they, they look pretty good. We got Bearded Cap. Bearded Cap, who's gone full Nomad. I wonder if they're going to call him Nomad <clears throat> in this. I have a feeling that I don't think they'll they'll give him the code name Nomad. I think they'll they'll bring it up in a sentence like, you're now a Nomad, yeah, you're, Cap, you're or a something. No, you're a man without a country. You're a Nomad now, Steve Rogers. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I, I think it's so awesome that Black Panther, his movie hasn't even come out yet, and they're giving him and Wakanda such a strong presence in this trailer, almost like they're telling people, hey, hey, if you were thinking of skipping Black Panther, uh, don't skip Black Panther, because it's really important. It's very, very smart of them to do that, to like build it up at, at that Wakanda and 
characters of Black Panther are probably going to be very important because I guarantee you probably the final Infinity Stone is probably oh. going to be in Black Panther which, or, or hinted at and then fully revealed in Infinity War. Which the last one is the Soul Stone, and I can think about uh, I can think about a dozen ways they could work Black Panther and the Soul Stone together. Be like, hey, this Panther totem I wear around my neck, it's the Soul Stone. It lets me tap into the Panther spirit. Or, oh, hey, the Necropolis, where, you know, the King's Pass, where all their spirits reside. Oh, look, that's also the Soul Stone, or the Soul Stone is there yeah. and lets me tap into them. Yeah, the, the Necropolis, like, allows them to talk to the people and it feeds off the Soul Stone or something. Yeah, it's like literal souls are running around there. So, you know, that's going to yeah. be good. And I'm going to have my eye open super hard for that one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tony and all of them screwing around in New York. You get Bruce Banner crashing through the window in the Sanctum Sanctorum, very much like Silver Surfer did. Exactly like Silver Surfer did. Right there. I love I, when And I imagine stuff. he will be like that, the... Uh, the sort of the same lines telling him that Thanos is coming because remember at the end of Thor Ragnarok he was on that ship that was confronted by Thanos yes absolutely so yeah so how's he back on earth even that's a great question yeah Thanos hit him so hard he literally flew all the <laughs> way back to earth and, and changed back into Banner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's that strong, man. He can do whatever he wants <laughs> we see what looks to be vision but in a human form that's pretty cool. I I I feel like like he can always do this. I wonder if this is going to be like his human, uh, like counterpart that he had in the comics for a little bit, like right. that that disguise he has. I can't remember what he named it, um, but he had like a human esque disguise in the comics, and I wonder if that's because he he might be on the run or something, yeah. or I, I don't know. It's very strange. Maybe he's just trying to hide from Thanos, where it's like, look, I need to take a human shape so he doesn't see the big glowy rock on my head that he wants to take. <laughs> well, he always wears beanies and hats and everything. There you go to protect him. You know, he's got a, he's got a vast hat collection vision to hide his glowy <laughs> diamond. Uh, I like to see they're continuing the romance between him and Scarlet Witch because that's just such a wonderfully, essentially comic book thing, and to see it paid such reverence in the movies is really nice. It's pretty great. I, I'm interested to see what's going to happen because we know, like, obviously Scarlet Witch can control the the stone in Vision's head, as we yeah. saw in Civil War. So I wonder if they're going to have that come into play in mm. Infinity War. A anything is possible at this point. Uh, Spider-Man got some cool moments in there. Didn't take over the trailer, which I appreciate. This is an Avengers movie. This is for everyone. We know Spider-Man is most people's favorite, but he's not going to take <laughs> over the whole thing. No, no, we we got the spider sense, which everyone's saying it's like confirmed, even though it was confirmed in in, in Civil War and he had um, it in Civil War, but then he forgot he had it in Homecoming because <laughs> they wanted to push that new tech suit, so he didn't need to use it. But I do like the visual representation where it's like, oh, when all the hair stand up on his arm, that's spider sense. Yeah, that's that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, very uh, very interesting. Also, the Iron Spider suit. I mean, hey. They made it, so of course he's going to use it. It looks pretty dope. It really does. You know, it looks cool. Nice to see it in action. It's also like, hey, enjoy it while you can, because it's probably going to be like the Hulkbuster armor. It's probably going to get broken right away, and we're not going to see it for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's another to show you how strong the villain is. He's going to fuck up that armor. <laughs> yeah, fuck up that spider suit. Oh no, he's fucking up the suit. Do you know how much that cost? Do you know how much Tony worked on that? Like a lot. <laughs> also, for what little we see of Thanos in this one, he's he's not fucking around. I we get to see him like basically cold cock Iron Man. Then we get to see him like King Chokeslam Spider Man. 
Yeah, he's yeah, he's not fucking around at no, all. <laughs> no, he doesn't need a big CGI weapon. He doesn't need a glowy staff. He's just like, no, 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 no. Let me get my hands on you. Yeah, he's he's in his Jimbro outfit. He is. He's just he, come from the space gym. He's casual Thanos. He's casualing it up all <laughs> over the place. He's like, look, man, my big armor's getting polished. It's in the shop, but you know, I, I'm a busy man. I'm a mad titan. I got shit to do. So you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna do this. His armor's off getting polished with the voodoo hide. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which, it's funny, you know, in his casual gear, he just, he looks like Farmer Thanos from, like, the original Infinity yeah. War story. So it's like, you, yeah, can't, yeah. you can't say there's not a precedent for him looking like that. He just looked like that for a very short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny, too, you know, his <clears throat> face there, that big close-up, the face that launched a million memes. What's what's your favorite <laughs> Thanos face meme? We've seen so many. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the Homer Simpson one. That's pretty great. Someone did a Hank Hill one. Uh, someone yeah. did the bit where he puts on the stupid headgear of Steppenwolf from Justice League, and I'm like, well, that was <laughs> bound to happen. <laughs> that one was pretty funny. People have gotten really creative about that one. But it's it's interesting. It's like they can do that and they can poke fun and we can all have a good laugh. But no one no one's doing it in like a like a vindictive way or a malicious way. Everyone's just having fun with it. Yeah, so some of them are pretty fucking funny. They are. Like what was it? People are saying like, oh, he looks like Bruce Willis if he got stung by a bunch of bees, <laughs> yeah. or like you know he looks like uh, the Blue Man Group on a bad day. It's funny. Everyone <laughs> keeps saying all these other things. Oh no, he he looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Only purple. <laughs> and yet people keep saying all these things they think Thanos looks like. No one says he looks like Josh Brolin. <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't know he, he's playing him. It, it, or like, like mo-capped him. Maybe they just think, oh, he's voicing him. It blows me away. It's like, how come no one says he looks like Josh Brolin? Because like in Guardians, when we saw him there, it's very clear that they made Thanos' face look more like Josh Brolin. It's kind of funny that now he looks more like the comic version of himself, like he's kind of gone back and forth. I'd like to see a side-by-side -side comparison. Yeah, yeah, oh, I think people have been doing that as well. They're like, oh, he's changed, the shade of purple has mm. changed or something. If uh, if I was Josh Brolin, I'd be a little upset if I was reading Twitter. It's like, why, why is no one saying that it looks like me? <laughs> I, I, I wore those purple pajamas and those shit on my face so they could capture me in the computer <laughs> and no one's saying he looks like me? What the fuck? That's all right. People would just be saying he looks like Cable. That's the thing. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not even mad though, because I'm going to be Cable, and everyone's going to see my face. So whatever. <laughs> I, I got two paychecks. I got to work for both companies. You wish you were me. Uh, does, does everyone? That's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting if that Fox deal goes through and whether they'll like still have him on as Cable. And then cable fighting Thanos or something. Oh, God. Well, if that happens, if that Disney-Fox deal, which apparently is gaining more steam as we speak, apparently they heard everyone talk about it when they thought it was going to be a thing. So now they're, like, uh, really hidden back at it hard. If that becomes a thing, well, obviously Thanos versus Cable needs to be its own spinoff movie. <laughs> Totally, totally. And Josh Brolin's like, well, do, do I get paid twice? Do I get, do I get two paychecks <laughs> for this one? Because like, I'll do it if I get two paychecks. <laughs> Heck, there's there's a story out there: Deadpool versus Thanos. Just change a couple things and make it Cable versus Thanos. There you go, and on throw Deadpool in there as well. Of course, because you know you want it to make a billion dollars, not just a hundred million. <laughs> and and have Deadpool be the only one who realizes that like they've changed from Fox to the Marvel Studios. 
he comes Have him in, the only one. <laughs> Deadpool comes in. It's like, hey, you know, uh, Cable, things feel kind of different here. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, things do feel kind of different. I don't know. It's like things feel similar, but like I feel like I can't drop any F-bombs or something. Or like I can't talk about my dick as much as I used to. It's like I can only say it once or something. <laughs> It's as if our universe has changed. Oh, well. And then he just starts counting a big thing of money. <laughs> He's got Mickey Mouse ears on, but only for one frame. Yeah, it's like something's different. I don't know why. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new mouse overlords. <laughs> it's true, Cable. It is the happiest place on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then he can start singing Disney songs because we have like uh, what is it? Uh, no strings on me. The they need to like uh, get a uh, Disney song for that all ready to go. <laughs> oh, uh, they could uh, dust off Aladdin there because Cable and Deadpool are such best friends. They could be. Uh, Yate never had a friend like me. <laughs> <laughs> because Deadpool is basically just the genie of the Marvel universe, is he not? Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Infinity War trailer, just to reel it back there from that fun tangent. Uh, what, what are some other things you weren't expecting that uh, you got from this one? Uh, I, I, I didn't really expect, like, all, like, the, the Battle of Wakanda stuff. Mm. Like, just, uh, I, I wasn't really aware of, like, the scale they were going oh, yeah. for that. And that, that looks absolutely like, like Lord of the Rings battle massive. It's gone full Lord of the Rings, and because Captain America is there, you just know there's gonna be a moment where he goes full-on Viggo Mortensen, and he gives a speech to all the people. <laughs> There may oh, come that'd be really great. <laughs> there may come a day when the strength of superheroes fails, but that is not this day. We will not go <laughs> quietly into that night. And T'Challa's just like, dude, dude, this is this is my country. I I, I should give the speech. Okay, fine, you should give the speech. <laughs> Avengers assemble. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if Black Panther beats Captain America to saying Avengers assemble? Because we haven't actually gotten that in one of these movies yet. They teased it at the end of Ultron. Oh, oh. We're, we're, we're going to get it in this movie, definitely. They, they're they not going to... Or they're going to save it for, like, the end of number four. It, fe it feels necessary, right? It's like, okay, you've hit the checklist of everything you've needed to say and do. Like, this is the time to do it. Yeah. What, what really struck me, and I think it says so much about the pecking order of the heroes in the Marvel Universe, is the position they give the Guardians. They're, like, the last stinger at the end. We probably don't want to spoil too much with their story. Their story might be quite, like, Thanos-heavy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm certain it is. Well, with the space connection and everything else. I just thought it was so uh, <clears throat> interesting and so, like, telling that after a whole trailer of, like, oh, dude, fucking Captain America and Wakanda and, you know, aliens and Thanos and stones. But, oh, yeah, you think that's amazing. You think that's cool? Oh, yeah, the Guardians are in this, too. You love them, yeah, he, right? He, he's the Guardians meeting one-eyed Thor. <laughs> King Thor, now. We have to address him yeah. by his full title. Oh, man, that'd be great when Thor meets Black Panther. like, I am king of Wakanda. I'm king of Asgard. Well, it's blown up right now, but I'm still king of it. <laughs> you can be king of something when it's blown up, right? Yeah, well, Asgard's a people. Yeah, it's a people, not a place, as we learned that. <laughs> Only for Black Panther to be like, oh, well, I, I have a people and a place. I'm not saying I'm a better king than you. I'm just saying I have people and places and things. <laughs> I have an eye patch, and it's very nice. <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, Infinity War. Super cool. We knew it was going to be cool, and I have to say the trailer uh, lived up to the weight. Yeah, I don't think I need to see any more trailers. No, no, it's like you, you did it in one. You stopped drilling, you hit oil. 
And I don't, I don't think anyone else does anyway, because it like got to like the, the most watched video in internet history in like a day. Wasn't it something like fourteen million in the first thirty minutes or something? Something like that, yeah. It was something insane. Again, wrap your mind around that. Fourteen million people watched it in like the first thirty minutes. And if every one of those people bought a ticket at how much uh, movie tickets are wherever you are in the world. Yeah. Well, one, I, I was like wondering that because like I saw that I'm like, wow, but I wonder if they would have made money off of like monetizing the video. Mm, that's uh, that's something for people who are better than math uh, than me out there. But yeah, they <laughs> freaking monetize the trailer. It's like, hey, you know what? We don't we don't even need to put the movie out anymore. We made it, we made it all on YouTube. <laughs> well, we can put it out for free now because we made all our money back. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that like a thing? Do they not monetize trailers when they put them up for movies on YouTube? Or is that like I, a weird conflict of like, well, who gets the money on that? Do the people who cut the trailer get it? Do the actors get it? I honestly don't know. That's why I was really intrigued by it. Like, can they monetize something like that? Huh. I imagine it would be a legal nightmare as to who would get what. I mean, t- tell you what, let's let's ask some of those people who illegally upload trailers on their channel because, you know, there's plenty of that. <laughs> L- let's ask them how much they make before they inevitably get shut down because they are stealing other people's stuff. <laughs> Maybe it's like what we do, and it's like every other month, they, like all the actors and people will get like a little PayPal money. Uh, they, they, get, <laughs> they get just a little bit, just they get a little chocolate kiss. Like Chris Evans is, you know, living in his mansion on his solid gold iPhone. He's like, oh, I made $50 from Google. Huh. I don't remember doing anything for them. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. I'll, I'll donate that to a nice charity or something because I'm a nice man. <laughs> what a what a fine Chris Evans to be Captain America, where it's like, good job casting like a genuinely nice guy. Well, they cast Captain America as Captain America. <laughs> they really did, because it's like you see him on Twitter there, and he's always you know like talking about important causes and defending people here and there. And it's like, holy shit, he's he's the real fucking deal, isn't he? <laughs> and I guess they had to Disney when they were screening him. It's like, look, this guy, Captain America, he's going to be more than an actor in a movie. He's going to be a symbol. He's going to be a guy who's going to get, you know, uh, sick kids calls all the time and everything. We need to make sure he's a dude with no skeletons in his closet. It's like, OK, do you drive drunk? Do you beat your wife? Do you dress up in furry costumes to fuck? What do you do that, <laughs> that, that could get us in trouble, Chris? OK, you're good. Good. <laughs> Well, geez, Mr. Disney, I sure don't do any of that. I like a nice cup of tea and reading to my grandma. I was like, okay, then. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Now, that's not code for anything, right? That's that's not code for the cocaine? All right, then. <laughs> Are you on the cocaine, Chris? This is Hollywood. We're all on the cocaine. <laughs> or at least crushed up Adderalls. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Infinity War. Not sure what else to say. I mean, really, we didn't need to say anything. The trailer spoke for itself. Yeah, everyone saw the trailer, so there'd be probably be like that one person who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, so officially start the hype train engines, everyone. Yep. I mean, we're going to have to wait for it a little longer, but hey, you got Black Panther to tide us over next month. Yeah, yeah, Black Panther Wednesday. Yeah, January, February. February. Yeah, God, God damn. The, the, black, uh, the black superhero comes out in Black History Month. There you go. 
which is fitting and kind of how it should be, even if it's like, oh, well, that's a little cliche, isn't it? Let's let's think for a second. Black History Month, the shortest month, the coldest month. They they deserve Black <laughs> Panther in there. I think we all collectively deserve Black Panther in there to make it a little bit better. In fact, if I was a teacher, I'd be like, look, you know, we're going to learn about uh, Nelson Mandela. We're going to learn about uh, George Washington Carver, the peanut butter guy. But if you're really good, we'll learn about King T'Challa and all the good he did. <laughs> World. I don't think that's real, Mr. D. It's real to me. <laughs> he was he battled for comics Wak- don't lie, comics are real. God damn it. <laughs> he battled for Wakandan rights. You know, he fought he fought the Doom War. We're gonna learn all about the Doom War <laughs> and everything else. Hey, wasn't he married to Storm for a little bit? He was. That was a whole thing. <laughs> now imagine that if Fox and Disney can work their shit out, maybe Black Panther can be married to Storm. That'd be pretty cool. Imagine getting to see that on the big screen. Imagine freaking Aurora Monroe in an X-Men movie to be like, oh, yeah, you know, my uh, my ex, T'Challa. Yeah, it's a whole thing. He was a king. <laughs> didn't, didn't work out. We had a lot of differences. <laughs> Supposedly, from what I understand, their marriage was actually the first casualty of uh, Disney Marvel losing faith in the X-Men, actually. Really? Yeah, that they broke them up because they knew they were never going to get the film deals back. And they hated the idea of, uh, what is it, Black Panther, when they were developing the movie, even all the way back then. They hated the idea of, you know, Storm and the X-Men possibly getting some sort of boost off the movie. So they're like, oh, we, we got to break them up as part of Avengers versus X-Men. <laughs> we got to break them up. God damn it. I know, right? It's like, really? Even back then you were so petty? This is nothing new? You've been at this this whole time? God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. But I don't think the movie will be disappointing, and that's the good thing. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Same here. So I guess with that, everyone, after that, you know, uh, big Marvel talk, we can get into the big DC talk. Uh, Last week, we got the big, long-awaited two nights, used to be four nights, but it's two nights now, DC CW crossover event uh, that brought together Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow in what was essentially a mini-TV movie, uh, Crisis on Earth X. Yeah, and it was pretty damn good. It was, wasn't it? Like, like we, if you, in that, I'm getting all tongue-tied here. <laughs> uh, if you remember when Matt and I talked about uh, the Dominators one, that was the crossover they did last year, we were kind of like, yeah, it's cool that they're all together, but, you know, it suffers from a lot of problems. You can tell when one writing team took over and the other one dropped it. It was kind of like Mad Libs or Pass the Parcel with a story. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's cool to see everyone together, but it could be a little bit better. Uh, I totally feel on Crisis on Earth X. They took all of, you know, the criticisms and all the problems people had with that one, and they fixed everyone. Yeah, like what they did with, like, Legends, they they listened they listened to us <laughs> they listened and they made it so much better in fact they even kind of throw some shade at the dominators because in part one supergirl is beating up a dominator and says oh these guys are so last year yeah i thought that was pretty funny this so much self-awareness in this like it, it like it really smacks yeah. you in the face like at the beginning where it's like whoa supergirl fighting dominators whoa you know flash running around doing all this crazy stuff and i'm like this feels like a movie they put a lot of money into this clearly yeah, yeah, it, it it looked good as well. It looked like a lot better than uh, their usual weekly episodes do. So th- they've been saving the money up for they've, these episodes. They've been saving all their pennies. Every corner they cut was all to go into this. And you know what? 
was totally worth it. Uh, the, I, I guess the big underlining story of it that they've been building up to in Flash is that uh, Iris and Barry are getting married, and as such, they invite all the characters from all the different shows, all their friends to attend. But oh no, their wedding gets crashed by Nazi superheroes from Earth-X. Yeah, who... For, <laughs> this is kind of like what I was weirded out about, like their, their motivation, which is they want to steal... Supergirl's heart because yes. their overgirl is dying thanks to too much yellow sun radiation. Right. Much like Superman and All-Star Superman, I'm like, ooh, that's a cool way if you're going to kill a Kryptonian, that's how you do it. Yeah, she even sort of exploded like him in, in that when she started like getting all like glowy and stuff and then blew up. She explodes like Superman and then Supergirl falls to Earth like Superman in Dark Knight Returns after the nuke uh, blew up in his face. Yeah. So again... That's just a couple of the many, like, visual references this episode makes. What's great about it, too, is that, you know, if if all the other ones we've seen before, like the Vandal Savage one and the Two-Night Arrow Flash one, those, those felt more like crossovers. That's, hey, here's a hero showing up in a book or a show in this case that they don't normally show up in isn't that nice. This really was an event because they stripped away even all the branding, so instead of, like, the Supergirl intro coming up or the Flash intro coming up, it was the Earth-X intro that came up. Yeah, and it, like, sort of, like, combined all the theme songs of the of the shows together into this oh, yeah. one really cool-looking looking title sequence. Very. That t- it's also, like, you know, all those other crossovers, you could see where the lines were, where it's like, okay, I'm watching an episode of Flash, where other characters are guest starring, or I'm watching an Arrow episode where other characters guest star. Here, there were no lines. Everyone kind of works together and revolves around each other like they would in an event comic. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so, so, like, way above the, the other ones. Like, they took on so much of that criticism from the last couple of ones that it paid off in this one. Like, third time is definitely the charm, and they figured it out. And also, too, they even managed to save some fun money, too, by using, like, you know, evil Earth-X counterparts. That means everyone gets to pull double duty. And I love evil Supergirl, because, you know, she's got her black and red costume. Everyone is black and red. But what? how's the other thing we know that she's evil? Oh, her lipstick is a darker shade. (laughs) And she talks and talks with, like, a... Uh, like a snobbish sort of accent. She starts sounding all condescending and everything, man. Hats off to all the actors for, like, getting to play evil. You could tell they were having so much fun getting to play two characters. Yeah. Even, like, the characters who... Like like the um like the the one I was really surprised at was um Supergirl's supporting cast yes. with Winslow Slot being sort of like this general on EarthX and him playing this this role that's totally different from his character in Supergirl. Oh yeah, they got to go full Days of Future Past there for a second. Heck, even uh, what is it, Black Canary's dad, who like I totally yeah. forgot about that character. He shows up playing like an evil almond goth Nazi, and I'm like, holy shit, he's pretty good at this. Yeah, he's pretty good. He likes biting into those R's. Oh, yeah, he bit into those super hard. Even the bit he has with White Canary being like, oh, I had a a daughter like you once. She didn't uh, meet our Nazi ideal, and as such, I had her expunged. I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) Even even the fact, too, in 2017 where they're like, no, you know, the villains are Nazis. They're going to wear Nazi uniforms. They're going to have swastikas. They're going to be our bad guy. Yeah, I kind of figured, like, because of, like... It was on network TV across America. I thought, ah, they're probably not going to go with the whole Nazi thing. or it's, They're going to show a couple of the swastikas here and there, but it's not going to be, you know, massive 200-foot 
tops on like buildings and stuff like they had like you thought they were gonna go fancier like fantasy nazi with it where it's like oh it's not really a swastika but it like kind of looks like one yeah yeah they they went a whole hog into it and i'm like good because by doing that i don't have to feel bad when any of our heroes murder people heck even green arrow (laughs) who i normally have a problem with him killing people i'm like no nazis not real people it's fine yeah it's fine they're, they're, they're bad people the, bad people and bad multiversal people on top of it. So, <laughs> so they're like three degrees of don't count when you kill them it's a-okay <laughs> oh, oh, oh no wait sorry I, I don't mean nazi i mean people feeling a great amount of economic pressure matt is the thing they felt so much economic pressure they wanted to conquer other worlds to relieve <laughs> this economic pressure <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it, it's hard to believe in 2017 that, you know, one of the coolest things a show can do is be black and white about it and be like, no, no, the guy who calls himself the Fuhrer and runs a superhuman concentration camps, they're the bad guys. <laughs> also, too, man, uh, the, one of the coolest things, too, to get to see all these characters together, where it's like, wow, we've got characters from different timelines and different Earths all coming together in this one place. Could this feel more comic book? Yeah, I know. It, it's really quite strange, yeah. Especially, like, that that first episode where everyone's sort of, like, rushing to get to the wedding and everything. You've got all these different characters coming to the wedding. Kid Flash, Supergirl, the Legends, although, like, only two legends. Yeah, well, only two legends knew them well and, you know, uh, deserved an invitation. The, uh, what... the, the good legends, like Mick. Exactly, you know, we need some comedy relief here. Man, once again, Heatwave just tries to steal the goddamn show in every scene he's in. <laughs> I love when he realizes, oh yeah, the West Allen wedding. This is a cop wedding, isn't it? Shit. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting next to director Singh. <laughs> yeah, friend of the bride or friend of the groom. Well, I tried to kill the groom a couple times, so bride, I guess? <laughs> That was, like, a great sight gag that he was sitting next to the friggin' police commissioner. Uh, yeah, that was great. The, the action scenes were really tight, too. Like, you could tell they got the Arrow uh, choreography people on this. Like, I don't like Arrow, but I cannot deny Arrow has the best fight scenes. They had some really cool fight scenes in this. That bit in the church was great. That bit at the end where they go full-on Star Wars and they're like, oh, you got people fighting on the ground, you got people fighting in the air, you got everything. Yeah, that that was oh, so good. Also, too, everyone felt useful, and they found a use for everyone, even if it was only for a minute. So, you know, it's like a, a Arrow Scooby gang of Wild Dog and Ragman and whoever the fuck those people are. <laughs> they got a moment. They got beaten, but they got a moment. They got to do stuff, and they helped out, even though they are still just Arrow Scooby gang. Yeah, yeah, they they just kind of appeared just to help out a little bit. (laughs) They helped out a little bit, and it was fine. Heck, uh, even them teaming up uh, Iris and Felicity, where for a second there, I'm like, oh no, the two most unlikable characters together. (laughs) Oh no, this is going to be like that episode recently. (laughs) This is is like Scrappy-Doo meets frickin', uh, what is it, Batmite. Or like Scra- only worse <laughs> or like scrappy do meets poochie although actually here, here's the funny thing like real talk in this situation felicity might be annoying but she's much more useful than iris yeah yeah I she she can she can tap the computer keys and the and the hacks she, she taps it and makes stuff happen you know what iris's <laughs> great moment was in this the big thing she did do, do you remember what her big thing was that she did 
What, what was it? Remind me. When they were all up in the airship and they were fighting the Nazi airship, Felicity's like, oh, I, I made a worm or a bug or whatever, or I did the thing on the computer. Iris is like, okay, I'll send it. And I'm like, this is this is this is what Iris offers. She can click forward on a keyboard. That's what she brought to the party. She presses the enter button. I can send it. I can send it for you. And I'm like, nice. Okay. I mean, hey, it's 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 your wedding day. I'm not gonna harp on you too hard. Whatever. Uh, we got to see the Ray in here too. We got a lot of characters. Like the Ray had a whole big thing. Wentworth Miller came back, not as Captain Cold, but as Citizen Cold, the good. Group. He was like the best thing ever. He really he was having so much so much fun. Which is so sad that this is like his last one for a bit, where they're like, "Oh, this is his send off," and I'm like, "Please don't make it his send off. He's so wonderful." Uh, yeah, especially as Citizen Cold, he was he was fantastic. He's got the glasses and the hood up and everything. He's got everything. It's like I'm even more Captain Cold than I. I was before yeah the, the ray though i i eh, i don't really care about the ray i like him more in the comics than this mm. it might have been because his the the special effects on him didn't look mm. very good and the costume wasn't very good but i didn't care for him at all he's he's a little white meat baby face but they definitely put like a put like a pin in there to where it's like hey if you like him he will come back and other stuff yeah because he was from prime earth or earth yeah. one or whatever they call it yeah, main Earth, which which gets a little confusing because he goes back to Earth X to finish unfinished business, but Citizen Cold, who's from there, decides to stay on main Earth. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 get back to you. Which hey, also too hey, g- quite the gay subplot between those two because obviously Wentworth Miller is gay in real life, and so that finally got to work for his character. Now that was a great reveal to where it's like you know they're in the concentration camp and we see the stars on them and everything, which is a real thing from World War II history. And then to yep. find out, oh, they're together. Oh, that's cute. That's fun. Yeah, that 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 whole concentration camp thing was actually pretty good. It was it was it was serious, but there was some mm. funny stuff happening in there as well. Was brutal as fuck, and I liked them to remember, like, oh yeah, Doctor Doctor Stein, yeah, shit, he's he's Jewish. He probably feels a lot about this, doesn't he? <laughs> and indeed, he did. Man, speaking of Stein, uh, him and Jax had a hell of a storyline that went through this whole thing. Obviously, they set up on Legends that, you know, Stein wants to leave and resume his normal life. Also, the actor wants to leave and go sing on Hello, Dolly, but hey, whatever. <laughs> and so they have, like, a great moment there. It's like, oh, I think we can break up now, but, you know, Jack's like, well, I don't want you to leave because you're basically like my surrogate father now and everything. Yeah, the scene, and obviously, spoilers, the scene where Stein dies is... Mm is is fantastic it's absolutely fantastic really well done a beautiful exclamation point to that character and i can't believe it's a storyline that started on legends and it's one of the best of the crossover yeah yeah to think all the shit we talked about legends in season one and season two and now they've executed probably one of the finest storylines of this whole dc tv thing yeah, well, it paid off to, like, stop taking it so seriously and start having fun with the concept. The, the second you stop taking it seriously, I could start taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Uh, I'm just trying to think, you know, there was, like, so many layers to this. You know, there was so much shit going on. Uh, Metallo shows up out of the blue and he looks straight up like a Terminator. That's great. He looks cool. He's even voiced by the guy who played Metallo on Supergirl, which I thought was really cool. Getting him back for, like, two lines. Pretty solid. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh getting to reprise his role 
as Reverse Flash, who's part of like the the third part of the Dark Trinity with the Fuhrer and Overgirl. Not just any Reverse Flash, the original Earth One Flash. I'm like, how? How? Don't ask. That's how. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they 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 he they give like a really shitty explanation for it. They're like, oh, time travel. I'm like, you were ripped apart by Speed Force demons. They, they hand wave it away as like, you know what? Reverse Flash is complicated. Which, in fairness, yeah, he's complicated in the comics too. God and- blew him up, and he still came back. And I, I understand, like that, like that. Oh, they they left it open so that he could come back. Tom Cavanaugh could come back as Verse Flash, but like when Barry let him go, I'm like, you, you idiots. They were, they were, you a, were an idiot. They were, they were at a hell of an impasse. Though he's like, look, I, I've, it's been shown that I can't kill you because you'll just come back at some other point in time. You can't kill me because if you kill me, you cease to exist. We're at an impasse. Why don't you just throw him into the Speed Force prison? Yeah, that's an option, so you could get... Uh, Jay gonna... Garrick's in there, he can look after him. Is Jay Garrick back in there again, or did Jay Garrick just wander off? Uh, yeah, it's, it, whatever, whenever John Wesley's ship wants to come back, he'll come back. J- Jay Garrick should have gone into the Speed Force again, but he didn't, because Barry needed to make a sacrifice, and it's it's a whole thing. It, it's nice, too, to get John Kavanaugh back as Reverse Flash, because A, he was the best one, no offense mm-hmm. to the dude who played him later and the dude who played him on Legends. He was just a better reverse Flash. He had better chemistry with Grant Gustin. Also, yeah. too, him being reverse Flash means we don't have to yet again suffer through evil Barry. Because as we've seen from Savitar, Grant Gustin sucks at being evil. Yeah, he just kind of grows out his hair a little bit and little peach fuzz mustache. <laughs> yeah, get, 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 gets a little wispy stash of evil. Yeah, I'm evil. <laughs> and, and the show doesn't even try to explain where it's like, well, what what happened to Earth X Barry Allen? Is there an Earth X Barry Allen? Don't think about it. Yeah, a lot of the heroes that they're just like, oh, we they, they they make like a reference to like Reverse Flash killing Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the episodes open with them killing the Guardian, who looks more like the Guardian in the comics than the Guardian on Supergirl. Don't don't lose that costume. That's a really good costume. Don't, that is. Don't lose it. Yeah. To just just suddenly have him wearing it. He like, hasn't worn it a couple of times. He hasn't worn it, I think, at all this season aw. in Supergirl. So so like just 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 change it up. Just change it. They should literally have Jimmy just be like, hey, you know, I was thinking about it, and I think I'm going to change the colors on this. Uh, I I think the only thing I really complained about, and I complained about it in the first two episodes, but they actually fixed it by the end, was uh, Alex and White Canary, where it's like, oh, hey, we have two gay characters in a scene together. Obviously, they need to sleep together because, you know, as hacky TV writers, all gay people instantly like each other. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really like that either. I, I thought that was cliche. Cliche, lazy, hacky, and worse still, where it's like you have a gay subplot with the guys later on, and that was way better handled. Probably helps that Wentworth Miller is gay in real life, and as such is probably given notes, unlike the two women actors who I looked into this and are just gay for pay on television. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Although that being said, they fixed it in the next couple episodes because when they were fighting side by side and when they kind of had the conversation about both being sisters and what that meant to them, all I could think was like, this is so good. Why why didn't you open with this? Why did you do the hacky that you had good material here? You should have opened with the good material. Yeah, yeah. But then we couldn't have two women kiss on television, though. <laughs> we really wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> 
we love making them kiss each other. Which is even funnier, too, because it's like they've kind of even toned that stuff down in Legends. Where it's like, you know, one of the hackier parts of Legends writing was that uh, Sarah always had to say, well, as a gay woman, well, as a bisexual. And, like, no one talks like that. Yeah, or, like, everyone would fall for her or yeah. something. Like, that, in that second season, that was all that was happening with her character. But, yeah, it, it hasn't happened in a long time in no, this it season. No, hasn't. Thank God they finally got away. I feel like someone talked to the actress on that one. Like, someone said, look, we love getting some representation on TV and everything, but can you can you pull it back a little bit? We're, we're not all like that in real life. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, Earth X is just really solid. Like, so good. I'm like, okay, these are a yearly occurrence now. How are you going to top it next year? Yeah, exactly. Like, where do they go? Here's the thing. Well, I mean, by that time, we'll probably have Black Lightning and God knows what else by that time. But to me, I'm almost like, you know what? Maybe don't do it next year. Maybe make it like an every two years kind of thing. Well, like, now, like, now that I'm, I'll probably get hateful comments in the in in the comment section for this, but now that the DCEU is basically tanked, mm. um, can we get, like, maybe Superman joining in? Maybe a Batman? Maybe a Wonder Woman? That are, oh, you know how you do that? For, for next year's big CW crossover, someone kidnapped Superman and Supergirl needs to go to all the other shows and recruit all the other heroes to help her. And she's like, look, if someone can kidnap my cousin, this has got to be huge. And then we hear through the grapevine too, oh, he wasn't the only one they captured. There's this dark knight of Gotham they got and this warrior woman. Uh, from Europe who's a big deal and it's like that's how you you work your trinity in so the CW heroes literally need to stage a rescue to go (laughs) save the trinity (laughs) that'd be pretty cool and you can you can make it like uh, oh you know you could do a mongol kidnapped them to go fight on war world and you do a version of war world where all the heroes have to go and fight to save the trinity oh man that'd be so cool that would be, and again, you could do Mongol on a budget. Like he doesn't. He well, just, they they can they do stuff like King Shark and Parasite and yeah. like all the stuff that was in this in this Absolutely. show proves that they could do it. And like Mongol's not that crazy looking, and War World no. wouldn't be that expensive to build. Just build that one set and use it for the whole thing. Like that's another thing about Earth X. Very smart in how they chose their sets because it's like oh the Resistance base is just the arrow show base but moved around a little oh where where are they gonna have their wedding uh rehearsal oh they're gonna have it at jitters coffee because we have that set handy (laughs) yeah they they used like all the all the sets they already had pre-built and just yeah different lighting just Mm. put some uh, stuff around a little bit more that's smart that's good set design that's good set design that is that's good set design that's good budgeting you don't need a lot of money to make it look really good and i think like even just from a filmmaking point of view earth x i'm like good good job guys for pulling it out and good like making it make sense in the story and everything yeah or hey you know barring that you know what else they could do next year make it another big musical episode but starring everybody (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> even even the people who can't sing get them in. <laughs> even yeah, even Mick. <laughs> even especially Mick. Let's let's like hear drunk from... Mick. Ah, God. <laughs> that was real. That was real good, champ. That was real good. Or like, what's a movie everyone knows? Like maybe like Mister Mixelplick messes with their heads and makes them like redo the Star Wars movies or something. 
yeah, well, so, yeah, something that they had, something that like Warner Brothers has access to, like old movies like Gone with the Wind and stuff like that. You redo Gone with the Wind, but with all <laughs> the CW superheroes. Yeah, you do like a big Warner Brothers thing that they own, and you just get all the actors playing parts. Where it's like, look, we had a serious one last year. Let's have a fun one this year. <laughs> but yeah, Earth X. Not only did I like this, but unlike all the other crossovers, I will probably go back and watch this again. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will too. It did, however, suffer from a little bit of those logic-y things yeah. that the DC TV shows have, but it, it was really fun. Dips in the middle a bit, as is often the case, but, you know, it it starts strong, it ends strong, and overall, I really enjoyed it. I, I think this is like, you know, the cherry on top of the CW-DC experiment. This is their victory lap. This, this is like their, hey, look what we can do. Yeah, the thing is as well, it's even like worse when you think that like we had Justice League come out and be yeah. what it is. And then this come out a couple of weeks later and just be absolutely amazing. I'm glad you said it so I didn't have to, but yes, EarthX <laughs> was everything I wanted Justice League to be, and EarthX was yeah. as good as it was because it took its time, it was characters I like and have grown to enjoy over multiple years, and again, that's a benefit of doing television. You can tell longer form stories, that's just the nature of the beast, but still, when it worked, it worked. Yeah, and it, the thing is it wasn't afraid to be a comic book show. No, no it really wasn't. In fact... It was more comic book than it's ever been. Alternate Earths, crazy Nazi supervillains, yeah. su superhero yeah. weddings, even. Yeah, yeah. Which is such a hallmark of comic yeah. books. Su superhero deaths and funerals and stuff yes. like that. Literally, who was it I was reading online? They said Earth X is literally two weddings and a funeral. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Holy crap. <laughs> it was two weddings and a funeral. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a nice moment too where everyone got to throw a bit of dirt on the uh, casket and everyone got to say a little something yeah that was nice that was touching. that was nice uh heck if if victor garber if he's done on broadway by the time next year rolls around they could also totally search for spocket and make it be the search for stein <laughs> where look before he died Jax, he gave you a bit of his soul and now we need to go and find yeah. him he did the Vulcan Vulcan mind meld with him. <laughs> you, you oh no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be with Jax. It'd be with someone like. It'd have to be like the Scotty or so, so like um like Ray or someone. There you go. When he touched you, <laughs> he gave you a piece <laughs> of himself. And now we all have to get on the Wave Rider, and we all have to go into space to find <laughs> him. The search for Stein. <laughs> uh. Oh, oh, and then much like Search for Spock, uh, Victor Garber can direct it. How about that? There you go. <laughs> Look, there you go, CW. I wrote your next crossover. <laughs> just, just put the check in the mail. Just put the check in the mail. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess moving on from there and continuing the trend of overwhelming positivity, uh, we can talk about The Punisher now. I finished watching it uh, at the end of last week. I'll let you talk about it since it's more fresh in your mind. Right. Uh, pretty cool. It was a cool show. It's definitely in my top three now of netflix shows without a doubt like i mean like after the first couple episodes i'm like yep this has surged into the top three of yeah. them uh it takes a lot of uh what is it twists and turns that i was not expecting them to do for a punisher show and ultimately at the end of the day provides us with a more sympathetic and more human frank castle than i think we've gotten in a long long time 
they they make it human and everything but they don't um I, 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 they don't fetishize what he does no. they they still say no this is this is wrong what he's doing this is terrible what he's doing he's a terrible person but he's he's trying to do good yeah much like in daredevil season two they don't fall into the trap of trying to make the Punisher too cool. So it's like, you know, he doesn't yeah. he, he doesn't envision ironic deaths for the criminals, and he doesn't, like, you know, uh, have, like, a catchphrase or anything like that. It's just, it's, as I said when we watched the trailers, I'm like, oh, it's Punisher by way of Jason Bourne, all right. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. It worked for it. It did work. It was definitely, if I had to place its reference pool, it was definitely taking a lot more from, like, early Chuck Dixon uh, War Journal Punisher than it was, like, Mm -hmm. Garth Ennis Punisher Max. But the thing, too, it's like, as I had to tell myself at the end of it, I'm like, oh, this is a young Punisher, though, in his first season. He's not as bitter as he is or as old as he is by Max. If God willing this gets a few more seasons, we could still probably get to Max at some point. Yeah, Max by like the third or fourth season or something. Like after Punisher- a couple of years have gone by. Yeah, yeah. It's like you thought Frank Castle didn't give a fuck before. No, no, no. He needs to get <laughs> older and bitterer before he cannot give a fuck. <laughs> and hey, you know what? That'll probably happen too around the same time Karen Page is dead. That would be the perfect thing to like... Uh, catapult him further because karen page actually ends up being a pretty big part of this show as well yeah she she we didn't have rosario dawson come back no no uh, so so she's sort of like taken her place as as like the the phil colson of the the the, the netflix series the, the, yeah exactly you know the phil colson the one who brings it together almost kind of the angel on the shoulder too in a lot of ways to the punisher which yeah. he which he usually does not get in stories anymore no no so it was it was really good seeing her sort of trying to i guess say save frank yeah yeah that's kind of that's her arc too where it's like hey after hanging out with all these heroes i want to save somebody too and this is like my mission to save the person yeah. everyone else gave up on yeah yeah she she features quite prominently too and actually has a great moment in probably uh my favorite episode of the season i think it's like the third to last one i can't remember it's uh it, it, it's the one where uh what is it where lewis you know our our crazy unabomber guy tries to kill that uh politician uh karen ends mm-hmm. up getting taken hostage and her and frank kind of work together talking the guy down and eventually killing the shit out of him yeah that that, that was pretty cool that was pretty cool Th- that whole episode was good and what I really loved about that episode is that it played uh, with the chrono- uh, chronology of events. They basically do that Akira Kurosawa Rashomon thing where it's like, hey, let's see the same event, but let's see it from three different vantage points. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big sucker when stories do that, and I really enjoyed the shit out of that. Uh, hell, I guess let's talk uh, about Lewis, too, because, you know, Punisher, unlike Daredevil and unlike Jessica Jones, it didn't have one main villain. It had, like, three smaller villains. We had Rollins, we had uh, a greatly reworked uh, Billy Russo, and then we had Lewis as kind of this kill-crazy Unabomber dude who had a pretty meaty side plot of uh, this season. All the side plots in this show were really good and, like, had a big, big satisfying payoff as well. That's probably the best thing about Punisher when I stop and think about it. It has all the same, like, you know, side plotisms that, like, uh, 
well, not Defenders, but, like, Iron Fist had and Luke Cage had. The only difference mm-hmm. is, is unlike the fucking Meachums, I actually cared about the side plots that were going on in Punisher. <laughs> and the side plots, too, did a good job reinforcing the themes of the Punisher. You know, they deal a lot with PTSD and what soldiers do when they come back home and everything. And we see uh, Agent Madani, who's a who's a lot like Agent O'Brien from Max, actually, where, you know, she's, like, uh, trying to solve a case that no one wants her to solve and you know she's kind of sympathizing with the Punisher and trying to hunt him at the same time it's very interesting yeah I, I really enjoyed her character and, and her partner uh, I can't remember what he's Stein Stein, Stein. Was he, uh, who, who also dies wow something with, with that name Stein that you know bad. just wants to kill a character off <laughs> bad bad week to be a Stein it's funny when that guy first showed up and he's like oh I'm a goofy cop I literally thought he was going to be Detective Soap for a minute I did as well. I did. I'm like, oh, is this like a reworked like soap or something? He's going to be working with this new character. And no, apparently not. Soap for season two is my pitch. Soap needs to be the cop in season two. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of great material for soap. Like soap is built to be a side plot in a Netflix show. Because like Garth Ennis kept coming back to him and like he was pathetic and horrible. And yet like Ennis really seemed to sympathize with him at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him in season two. He was a lovable loser, that's for sure. Uh, another thing about how they kind of sympathize and rework the Punisher in ways I was not expecting, they really go out of their way in this show to be like, no, 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 Punisher, we swear the Punisher and we swear Frank Castle is not the people in real life who are creepily into the Punisher. He's not racist. He doesn't enjoy killing at first anyway. And he, does, he doesn't hate the government. That's, that's why I think they invented that Lewis character and why he worked so hard. Where it's like, no, no, no. Lewis is your preconceived notion of what the Punisher is. Or they had him did. and they had, they had him and they had that other guy in those meetings that, that like, that obvious air eh, gun rights eh, government taking our guns blah, blah, alex jones the, the tap yeah, water's yeah. turning the frogs gay like i'm like if he literally yeah. says water's turning the frogs gay i will know <laughs> and then to, and to make him a fraud and to make him a bullshitter and to make like his last betrayal be the thing that tips lewis over the edge i thought was really well done yeah it was his story was really well done even uh, even Frank's buddy who runs like the uh, what is it support group for all the vets mm. and anything. I'm like, well, that's good. That's a nice humanizing thing to be like, look, you know, there are veterans who can get their life back on track and everything. I'm like, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I thought that that character as well was really good as well and stuck around for the whole show. I thought they would kill yeah. him for like a cheap pop. That's what I thought was going to happen with like Lewis. Lewis killed that Alex Jones guy, and then when he kills that guy that's going to be the thing that sets frank off yeah yeah absolutely uh what are some other cool things oh uh microchip was very well handled here they oh yeah they do something very interesting with microchip because it's like in the comics he was just a guy who was good at computers and kind of believed in what the punisher was doing because his own son was murdered here they take him and make him like an nsa analyst who got burned because he got too close to a secret and then they take it to another level by giving him, like, the inverse of Punisher's own tragedy where his family isn't dead. They think he's dead and he can't come near them or else, you know, he'll blow the secret. Yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah, his story was really great. I, I'm really glad they actually changed him, gave him a bit more from the comics. Um, but, yeah, it was really great. It was great seeing, like, Frank sort of 
take over his position in the yeah. family as well, and and, and at, at the beginning of their relationship, sort of use that against him. Oh yeah, and become just just dangerously inches close to fucking his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very very close. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna. Ah, no, I'm not gonna do it. But I might. Though. I could. <laughs> I could if I wanted. I was this close, man. <laughs> the, the only thing about Microchip I didn't like is that he wasn't a big fat guy. Because in the comics, he's a big fat stereotypical computer nerd. Because I'm like, hey, that's a part I could have played. I think they couldn't get Wayne Knight to come back and play no. him. Although, seriously, if they got Newman back to play him, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> Just out of the blue, it's like, yeah, the Punisher and Newman. Newman. <laughs> Uh, the, the action scenes were really interesting in this, too, and I think they do a good job differentiating themselves from all the other Marvel shows because, once again, here's a hero with no traditional powers, no super strength. You punch him, he bleeds. You shoot him, he almost dies. Uh, he's not so much a hand-to-hand combatant. They really up the gunplay in this show, yep. as they should. Yeah, the gunplay and sledgehammer play. Oh, man, dude, he goes full Triple H on those guys in the beginning. He just takes them to I town. was... I was just waiting for that to happen. I was like, oh, when's he going to kill these construction workers? When's he going to kill them? When's he going to kill them? The second they come up and they're like being mean to him, it's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, oh, and they're armed robbers on the side. Oh, oh, and they owe money to the Nucci's. Oh, you're so fucking dead. You guys are so dead. You don't even know. (laughs) So fucking dead. I love that too. Like I I popped super hard when I heard uh, the Nucci family. Like, hey, the Nucci's exist in this world. (laughs) <laughs> I love that so much. Another Garth Ennis uh, creation, which if the Nucci's exist, that means Ma Nucci exists, which means uh, the story where they try and feed him to a polar bear and the Punisher ends up punching a polar bear could possibly happen. Oh, that it's season two. That's the the end, the last episode. He's going to punch a polar bear. <laughs> season two, Zoo Showdown. <laughs> it's just John Bernthal punching animals. <laughs> I'd really like if season two like changed it up for us. Like season one was like the Jason Bourneish, and I went, season two goes into more of like the organized crime family, and 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 Frank just like killing like 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 mafia dons and stuff like that. I I would like that too. I can understand why they didn't do it for that uh, for this first season because we got a lot of that in Daredevil, and they didn't want to yeah. themselves. We get we get yeah. a little taste of it at the beginning where he goes around and he kills the last of the bikers and the cartel and the Irish. Yeah, I, I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. That was a great way to start the show. And it's funny, too. You and I were even saying, like, man, I can't wait for Punisher because we know we won't have to wait all season for him to put a costume on because he got a costume at the end of Daredevil. Then he burns it in the first five minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God damn it. We're going to have to wait till the end for him to put it back on, aren't we? And indeed. Yeah, but he does. He, he does. does. <laughs> and when he does, it's pretty sweet. And he has yeah. a reason to. He, he he wants to quit being the Punisher. This whole season is basically about how much Frank doesn't want to be the Punisher until he comes full circle and gets back to it. Yeah, and realizes that he kind of has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the real thing. And yet also kind of tries to find help at the end. I'll be interested to see where season two goes. Because again, more sympathetic, more human, more mentally stable Punisher than I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, the stuff they did with Russo is interesting because obviously, as any Punisher fan can tell you, Russo eventually becomes Jigsaw, the only recurring Punisher villain anyone can name. Uh, he's not a random criminal yet, at least. They make him Punisher's war buddy, which was kind of a compelling idea, especially because in the comics, 
we don't really know that much about Jigsaw's early life, so they can make that change, and it's not that much of a betrayal. Well, also, then there's there comes that thing, like, he's he's basically another Frank, like, so he's trained up like Frank, so where if he was just, like, a, a lowly criminal, people would be saying, well, why doesn't the Punisher just shoot him? Why does he keep getting away? Now there's a reason. He's he's exactly. a, a Marine. He's trained to get away. He's, he's another basic super soldier. Yeah, because that, that was always the problem in the comics, too. It's like, really, why why Jigsaw, of all people, keeps recurring? Why, <laughs> why is he so hard to kill? Like, Punisher kills everyone else, no problem. Why does this one fat dude with the scars keep coming back? <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he was good. That actor who played uh, Billy Russo, and they definitely gave him a lot more depth and everything. To where it's like, oh, you know, he was an orphan, and he never felt he was good enough, and you know, he was secretly resentful of Frank and everything, and how you know, like Frank was willing to go against authority. This dude wanted people to love and accept him so much, he just kind of went along with anything. Yeah, yeah, it was really compelling stuff what they did with him. Now, it's funny, too, he works for Rollins, and Rollins is actually a villain from the comics. He's the villain yep. in uh, Up is Down, Black is White, I think. He he has an eye patch in the comics, and they kind of keep that in the show where he's got, like, a milky eye where the Punisher uh, punched him. Yeah, 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 and they even get sort of, like, yeah, get into that a little bit. Mm. <laughs> they, they did take away his villainous bisexuality, and that's probably for the best, because, like, Garth Ennis is one of those writers where you can see his views have changed and evolved as a writer. So it's kind of funny for, like, Rollins in the comics, where it's like, not only is he evil, but he's also gay on top of it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can see why you changed that for the show. Although there was a second there, because, again, in the comics, Rollins has a relationship with uh, Nikki whatever, basically, you know, another evil mobster who the Punisher is fighting. I'm like, oh, oh, are they going to give that relationship to him and Billy? Is that going to be, like, the big twist on top of it? Wouldn't that be some shit? They don't, but I kept thinking that might happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, really, what else is there to say about Punisher? Ooh, uh, I, I think my favorite bit, like, my favorite action scene uh, is when they actually go back and actually let you see, uh, like, Frank's final mission, the one he talks about when he's on the stand in uh, Daredevil. That that one was pretty good. I like the one where he was trying to uh, track down hit one of his old squad members in the in the woods. I thought yes. that was a really cool cool scene. That was really well done. That was very that was very Rambo. I liked that. Yeah, and and, and especially like the last episodes as well, where he's just he just goes like full Punisher on people, and the the fight he has with Russo, where he's like like running his face down the broken oh yeah, broken glass and everything. Yeah, as soon as they, like, showed the merry-go-round glass, I'm like, oh, guess whose face is going through that? <laughs> guess, guess who ain't gonna have a face at the end of this? I know. <laughs> even, even uh, what is it, Jigsaw's death trap at the end, like, oh, it's a merry-go-round of death and I have two hostages. And I'm like, man, this is comic books right here. <laughs> you can only save one, Frank. What will you do? I'll punch you in the face with glass. That's yeah. what I'll do. <laughs> I'll glass punch the shit out of your face. Man, I, I loved it too. It was like a video game where it's like the Punisher, he's all tortured. He's like, oh, is this is this my good death? Am I allowed to die now? Can I finally let go? Only for Rollins to be like, I'm going to give you adrenaline so I can keep torturing you. And as an audience <laughs> member, I'm like, that was a bad idea. You just gave him the big power up. <laughs> you get, yeah, you gave him the steroid, the super soldier serum. No. <laughs> and then when he kills him too, he basically does him like uh, Bruce Willis does the Yellow Man in uh, Sin City, where he like turns his head to pulp. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, pretty freaking sweet, awesome. 
I, I mean, really, do we have much more to say than that? I mean, Punisher, it ju- it works. It's like the kind of comic property that was just made for Netflix. Def- oh, totally. Absolutely. It was made for Netflix. It succeeds because John Bernthal is great in the role. Some more interesting villains might have been nice, and we're probably going to get that later. But uh, this this one is helped out too by having a lot of more interesting supporting characters and more interesting side plots. More more of this, please, yeah. if this becomes a thing. Yeah, it kind of felt like they they took on the criticisms of the other shows, whereas the B plots and those weren't really that good. And this one, they sort of worked at it a little bit more. And and the strange thing is. It's the same length as those shows. I thought yes. it was originally ten episodes, like Defenders was. So, but like it didn't, it didn't feel like it was a like a, a drawn out thing. No, and the pacing is different on it too, where it's like it is kind of episodic in its own way, because like every yeah. Marvel Netflix show is paced differently. This one is definitely paced more like a TV show with stops and starts. Yeah, which I like. Because I think I think that's better for binge watching. I like to know. Okay, I watched this. That's my accomplishment for tonight. I can stop here and start again. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, any any closing thoughts for uh, Punisher now, or does that just about cover it? Um, that about covers it. I'm really looking forward to next season and uh, what else they'll do with the character. Where he'll come up next in the Netflix mm. universe. Yeah. What uh, what comes next for Netflix? I guess it's Daredevil season three is next. Oh, I, I don't know. I know they've just finished Luke Cage. Right. And they've just, I think they've just started Iron Fist Season 2 and Jessica Jones Season 2. I'm, I'm assuming Daredevil is next because we got that little teaser for it and Vincent D'Onofrio was talking about it. Yeah, I know. I think they actually, they're filming it now, but I guess maybe it might be like whatever finishes filming first. Yeah, I, I mean, I where it fits in the story or something. Exactly, I don't know. and it's also like I don't know how Netflix works. They could film these shows and then sit on them until it's time. Yeah, yeah. Because they're all done is the thing. They're all done by the time they put them up. And hell, sometimes Netflix is like, hey, do you want to see the new season of Orange Is the New Black like a week early? Okay, cool. We're gonna put it up then. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't stop us. We're Netflix. We own our own content. We do whatever we want. We do whatever. <laughs> We're the real power here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess we'll start winding down the show then for this week, everyone. Thank you so much for coming and listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will, for the month of December, try very hard to get content out to you, even if it's not the most uh, cutting-edge-at-the-time content. I know Matt was very nice to put out a poll online for what our next commentary track is going to be. It's been a while since we've done one, and we're probably going to do it. Uh, what uh, what movie did everyone want us to do uh, there, Matt? Uh, everyone wanted us to do Spider-Man Homecoming. Fair. Yeah, it was very, very close there for a while. It was between that and uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. It was very, very close. Which, man, can you believe we're going to have Star Wars in like a, a, like a little under a week? Next week, I see it. Hot damn. Man, he, he, I'm trying to work this out. I'm like, okay, can I see the Disaster Artist and Star Wars? Can I... <laughs> I'm seeing Disaster Artist this week. Nice. It looks so good, doesn't it? It, it does. Did you notice that, like, the uh, promotion of that movie changed, like, halfway through from, like, oh, hey, it's another, you know, fun stoner comedy with James Franco and Seth Rogen, to now when you see the trailers, it's like, oh, this is a serious Oscar movie contender. 
yeah i think they maybe realized hey we could probably make maybe get an oscar for something in this it's like, <laughs> won't that be fucked up like the a movie based on the worst movie ever made wins an oscar for being the best movie made <laughs> or or just james franco's performance of this insane <laughs> alien person because i think that's what they're looking for more than anything yeah best actor for james franco which man that would be the perfect like just ribbon to tie up the tommy Wiseau saga makes a terrible movie gets an amazing cult following james franco makes a movie where he plays him perfectly and then him his good playing of him bad wins him an award <laughs> that's just too perfect like the, the room needs that as the cap off to it and then when he wins, he gets Tommy Wiseau to accept the award, and no one knows the difference. Oh, my God. You know, my whole life, I want to make American movie film because I love it so much. You know, like a real James Dean, I want to thank Mark. I want to thank everybody. And then, I don't know, you will like, drop his pants or do something weird, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. He'll, he'll try and do, like, a rock and roll crowd dive, but no one will catch him. <laughs> And they're like, why did that crazy man jump off? <laughs> or no, better yet, he goes up to accept his award and he pulls off the mask. And it's like, it was me, Laurence Olivier, all along. You <laughs> fell for it. I am the greatest actor in American history. Yeah, to- Tommy Wiseau is the new Andy Kaufman creation. <laughs> yes. who Andy Kaufman never actually died. He just became Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> and this has been the longest con in human history. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's like, wow, 2017 is really fucking weird. <laughs> what a what a weird-ass year this is. So on that note, everyone, thank you for listening. As always, we'll hope you'll comment down below. Give us a like. Give us a share. Share us with all your friends, especially in this holiday season. And hey, if you're looking to buy something, Matt and I both have book depository links down in the description. It's a great place to buy comic book trades, either for yourself or as a gift idea. And if you do buy through our particular link, not only do you get a great deal, but you support me and him at the same time. Ain't that nice? It's very nice. And we both have Tee Public stores as well. We do. I just put up a new Comic Multiverse shirt, and Matt put up a bunch of new shirts himself. Yeah, on over on mine, there's all different types of stuff, and mm-hmm. there's going to be heaps more coming. Yep, yep. And, uh, hey... If uh, you're a patron, that means you're going to actually get to listen to this episode and see this episode first before anyone else late Sunday night. And won't that be a treat? You can become a patron as you want for as little as a dollar a month. That's that's pretty good. Okay, and now that I'm completely done with shill mode, I'm going to <laughs> officially end the episode. Thank you, everyone. We will be back again next week. I don't know if it's going to be an official show next week, Matt, or if we're going to do a commentary next week. We're going to have to figure that shit out. Yeah, we're getting close to Christmas, and we're going to need some time off. We're, we're getting very close. We're going to need some time off. And I, I also got to bank shows with you, and I got to bank shows with the other people I do shows with as well. <laughs> so it's going to be a crazy-ass December, everyone. But you're going to have lots of content, we promise. And we're actually we're going to do the Spider-Man commentary, and we're trying to work on something special for a Christmas commentary. Again, people who remember Matt and me back at the old outfit, what we used to do around Christmas time, we want to do something like that again, and we want to kind of wrangle some special guests for that one. Sounds good. All right, so with that, everyone, I bid you a goodbye. Bye.